Welcome to Discover Church Podcast. We believe that God's Word is alive and that it breathes life into us. We pray that today's message will challenge you, encourage you, and equip you to be all that God has created you to be. Enjoy the message. I want to go ahead and jump into uh, the message this morning. This one's going to hit a little bit different. Um, than, than the other ones have so far. I, I, it's been a great series. I, I've loved this series so far. I pray that you have been uh, ministered to by it. I pray that you've been challenged by it. I pray that it has changed your life. I hope it's changed your perspectives. Um, but today we're going to hit something a little bit different. This is not going to be a popular subject that we talk about. I, I love to talk about unpopular things every once in a while. I like to kind of go against the grain. So today we're in our series, The Grinch and Me. We're going to talk about this. I'll change, I promise. You ever, you ever heard that one before? Maybe you've said that one before. I'll change, I, I promise. I, I have all these great intentions. I'm going to do this. It, typically, this stuff happens at New Year's, right? Everybody's making these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose 25 pounds, I promise. I'm going to quit doing this, I promise. And then you normally we get to the end of February and then we're back in the pie. <laughs> Anybody? Nope, maybe it's just me. <laughs> Okay, but we say that, and sometimes we think that, I'll change, I promise. And normally we say it because we really do want to change, right? We didn't want to change, we wouldn't say it. So I, I will change, I want to change, and I'm, I'm trying. So sometimes many changes for us come as we are naturally maturing, like things just begin to change in our life. But sometimes, though, we talked about this a little bit last week. You can check it out on the podcast, Discover Church NWA. You can do it on Google whatever, I can't remember what all of our podcasts are, but you can find them on wherever it is you like podcasts. But sometimes these things happen through our uh, negative habits that develop in our life. Have you ever had negative habits develop in your life and you catch them? You're like, man, I really shouldn't do this. Yeah, don't don't point fingers, please. (laughs) Don't, Don't do that. We all have developed negative habits at some point in our life. And sometimes those negative habits, you know what they do? They develop deep roots. That's why they're so hard to break. That's why you get into these ruts. That's why you get into these routines. And that's why it's so hard to get out of it. And it seems like we just can't change no matter what we do. And sometimes even in our relationships, they reach a crossroads or a breaking point And we say, I'll change, babe. I promise. Right? I'll I'll do better, I I promise. I know you need me to be be better. I'll do better, I promise. And I believe that we mean what we say. Your heart may be in the right place. You probably have really great intentions. Maybe you are truly sorry and you see the need to be different and you see the need to change the course of your life. But sometimes as time passes, so does our eagerness to change and we fall victim to our old ruts and those old patterns overpower those sincere promises that we have in our life. That's why so many New Year's resolutions become next year's New Year's resolutions because we never accomplish them because the eagerness is gone and I still feel the need to change in my life. So here's what we need to understand. Sorrow and confession are not good enough to produce lasting change in your life. You can feel bad about it. You can recognize the need to change. You can even say it out loud, but those two things combined in themselves will never change your life. Now, I'm going to give you some Bible here, okay? There is a biblical principle that the Bible talks about. It is a process of change, and it is called one word. It is called repentance. Somebody shout repentance. I told you we were going to talk about a good one today, right? 
We're going to be talking about repentance today. That is the process of change that the Bible talks about. And it's not, not remorse, not me feeling sorry, but, me, but, but repentance. Me repenting. God's word helps us to understand the difference between these two words, remorse and repentance. See, conviction from the Holy Spirit helps us to see our need to change. Does the Holy Spirit ever do that just right there? Like when you're doing something, he's sitting on your shoulder, he tugged at your heart, and he's like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't do that, right? You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't think that. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit does that because it's the Holy Spirit that allows me to see the need to change in my life to get me back on the right track. Because if it wasn't for conviction, of the Holy Spirit, there would never be any correction in my life because the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches me that I need to be corrected. He's the one that shows me that I'm in the wrong. He's the one that shows me that I need to love more, that I need to give more mercy, that I need to give more grace, that I need to be more forgiving. It's the Holy Spirit that helps me to see these things in my life. So I am thankful for conviction. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 through 5. It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, talking about Jesus, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. He was sad, right? So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest that he sold Jesus for and the elders, and he said, I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. They said, what do we care? That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. See, the Bible says that Judas was filled with remorse. Remember what I already said, that you can feel sorry for it and you can confess it. The Bible says he was filled with remorse and he confessed his sin. But that wasn't all of it. That wasn't the whole equation. That was only some of it. He felt bad for what he did. He went back to the people that he sold Jesus for and said, I'm so sorry. I should not have done. This was terrible. This was a bad moment in my life. Take this thing back. So he was filled with remorse and he confessed his sin, but he never repented. He recognized what he did was wrong. He went back to the ones that he wronged and, and he talked about it. He confessed it out loud, but yet he never repented. His unrepented remorse led to shame in his life and his shame led to his death. Instead of allowing his guilt to lead him to God's grace, it led him to the grave. We talked about that a little bit in week one in this series. We talked about Adam and Eve and how their sin led them to hide themselves from the presence of God instead of leading them into the grace of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, just at the end of it, it says that worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. And that's exactly what Judas felt, worldly sorrow. He felt terrible for what he did. You ever did anything that you just felt really, really bad for? And I, I'll say that I had a situation that just happened a couple days ago, and uh, there was somebody that was involved in my life that had did something really bad, made a bad mistake, and out of the blue, I'm sitting here with our family uh, during Thanksgiving, and I get a phone call from this individual, and they call me, and they said, hey, Chris, I just want to tell you um, I've been meaning to talk to you for quite a long time. And he said, I just want you to know that 
I'm really sorry for, for what I did. And I just want you to forgive me if you would, please. And I was like, man, I absolutely, I, was like, man, I, I, I told him, I was like, man, I forgave, I forgave this a long time ago, but it took a lot of courage for you to call and, and to confront this because he felt sorry for a long time for what he had done, but yet he, he called and said, man, I just want you to help me and forgive me. I, I feel like I need to get this thing off of my chest. So Judas felt worldly sorrow, but that remorse without repentance leaded, or led to his, his death so we can feel bad for it. We can confess it out loud, but if we don't repent it before God, we haven't really accomplished anything in our life. We have to bring our stuff before the Lord. But you see, the Bible says that there is another sorrow, but it's not a sorrow that leads to death. The Bible says it's a sorrow that results and produces life in us. And I feel the same way sometimes when I present God's word to you. Paul said this, and I kind of relate to this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Verse 8 through 10, he says, I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it is painful, you for, uh, painful to you for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because, but because the pain caused you to repent and to change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow, pay attention, that God wants his people to have so that you are not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. So there's no regret for that kind of sorrow. See, there's a worldly sorrow that happens that just makes you feel bad for the things that you've done. And then there is a godly sorrow that takes place that instead of leading me into shame, it leads me into salvation in Jesus Christ. So I can be sorry for everything that I've done. Okay, listen, I'm going to say something that's not real trendy, but it's not enough for you to be sorry for your sin. Okay? That's not something that we like to hear. It's not enough for me to say that I'm sorry for my sin. I have to change. Somebody shout amen. amen. I have to change. It's not my opinion. It's Bible. I have to be repentant of my sin. Your sorrow can lead to shame or it can lead to your salvation. It's a powerful crossword in your life, and it's a road at some point that we all arrive at. The question is, when you arrive at the crossroad, which turn do you take? I can tell you as your pastor that I would rather give you a sobering, challenging, even heart-piercing word right now, something to just gets you right in the gut. I would rather give you a word like this and talk about something that maybe you're not comfortable with receiving. I'd rather give this to you now and then you have time to repent and change rather than giving you a gospel that just tickles your ears and leaves you with a lifetime of regret later. Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy verse 4 through 3, it says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. But I'm thankful that's not you guys. You can't amen that? Amen. <laughs> you see, the truth is not harsh. It's healthy. The truth should lead me to an altar of repentance, not to another church. When you go to a church and the pastor brings a, a tough word and it's a tough word that challenges you, you don't get mad at the pastor, you don't get mad at God's word, you say, God, help me to change the line up with your word. 
I don't need to go somewhere because I, I don't want someone to tell me what I want to hear. God, I want you to tell me what I need to hear. How many of us want to know what we need to hear? Like we want God to tell us what we need to hear in our life, not just what I want to hear. I, I like to hear good things, but God, at the end of the day, I want to hear what I need to hear so that at the end of my life, I can stand before you and I'm ready. So the truth is not harsh, it's healthy. Sorrow without repentance is just sad. Literally and figuratively, it's just sad. Sorrow doesn't bring any benefit to your life at all. You can feel bad your whole life for things that you've done, but it doesn't help your life at all. But you know what helps your life? Repentance. Repentance helps your life, not sorrow by itself. Sorrow just makes you feel bad about my life. Repentance changes my life. Notice what our scripture said that the sorrow that God wants, not what I want, not what you want, but the sorrow that God wants leads me to salvation. Worldly sorrow leads me to death. Godly sorrow leads me to life. There is a reason that God wants to show me the mistakes in my life. There is a reason that God wants to bring conviction on my life. Not to make me feel bad because it's not condemnation because we know that there is no condemnation in those who belong to Christ Jesus. But it is a godly sorrow that leads me to repentance. It leads me to life. It is a sorrow that says, God, I'm so sorry that I let you down. It is a sorrow that says, God, I'm so sorry that I failed you. It's not a sorrow that says, God, I'm never going to serve you again. God, I'm, 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 I'm not going to be there. It's a sorrow that says, God, help me to be who you want me to be. It's a sorrow that leads me to Repentance. Repentance changes, it brings a change of heart, which results in a change of behavior. And sometimes we get that one backwards. We want to change our behavior without changing our heart. We just want to do good things. But if you just get your heart right, the good things begin to flow out of it. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. So if I don't have to worry about my mouth, if I get my heart right. And I don't have to worry about a lot of my actions if I just get my heart right. So I need to be changing my heart, not worried about changing my behavior. I can remember many times in my life that I was sorry, but I didn't change. I was sorry that I did something, but I didn't change and I didn't do anything about it. I was sorry, but I wasn't repented. Now I remember back to my childhood. Some of y'all are going to remember this, Okay. I remember back to my childhood, and I was watching Charlie Brown, right? Come on. Y'all knew it was going to get spiritual at some point. <laughs> I remember to my childhood, I was watching Charlie Brown and Lucy, and the scene was they were practicing football, okay? And here's, here, I'm going to set this up for you, okay? <clears throat> Charlie is trying to kick the football, Lucy is the holder. If you watch football, there's a placeholder. Somebody snaps it, someone holds it, they put it on the ground, and the guy comes up and kicks it. So Lucy is the one that's holding the football. And I remember watching this, and Charlie Brown, over and over and over again, he would run with everything in him as fast as Charlie Brown could possibly run. And he would just try to kick the ball, right? And every single time... Charlie Brown got to right here. He was fully committed. He couldn't go back. He, that foot was going forward. Lucy decided to pick the ball up off the ground. And here comes Charlie Brown. Whoop, bam, just lands on his back, right? Over and over again, this scene just began to replay itself. And I'm like, Charlie Brown, how many times are you going to let this woman do this to you, right? It just keeps happening over and over and over again. And finally, it gets to the point where Charlie Brown says, you know what, I'm just going to quit. 
I'm, 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 I'm finally, I've wised up to your ways. I'm not going to do it. You fooled me once. You fooled me twice. You fooled me, fooled me 74 times. I'm not going to do it number 75 or, or whatever the case may be. So Charlie Brown, uh, or, I mean, uh, Lucy finally says, you know what? I'm not going to do it, okay? Basically, I'm going to put this in layman's terms. She's like, I'm not going to do it again. You can trust me. I've seen the error of my ways. That's what she says. I've seen the error of my ways, Charlie Brown, and I'm not going to do it again. So Charlie Brown, right, moved with compassion on, uh, for Lucy on, on her, uh, on her uh, statement that he gave her saying, you know, all right, fine, I'm going to trust her again. He puts himself back. I said, I'm going to give it another chance. He steps back as she held the ball and he ran. And at the last moment again, Lucy picked up the ball one more time. And of course, Charlie Brown fell flat on his back. Lucy's last words were this, recognizing your faults and actually changing your ways are two different things, Charlie Brown. How many of y'all expected to get wisdom from Charlie Brown this morning? (laughs) Recognizing your faults and actually changing your ways are two different things, Charlie Brown. That's good. Recognizing your faults and changing your ways. See, you can be sorry, but sorrow doesn't always lead to change. It just leads to sorrow. So I'm going to give you a few things this morning, really quick, three really quick things about repentance. The first thing is this. Repentance is not an emotion. It's a decision. Repentance is not an emotion. It's a decision. The word repent is based on a Greek word that means to change one's mind, not to change one's heart, not to change one's emotions, not to change one's feelings, but to change one's mind. Because what happens when we change our mind, when we begin to set your mind to it and, you're, and this begins to change, things in my life begin to change because I have set my mind to it. And don't discount the mind because the Bible talks about renewing the mind. So the mind is really, really important. So the word repent means to change one's mind. Repented people take a deep look inside and they face the truth about themselves and how they've been excusing their sins and hurting others. Repentance transitions me from pleasing myself to pleasing God. It is the beginning point of change in my life. Repentance says, God, I see the error of my ways and I'm coming to you with my problems. I'm not just sorry about it. God, I am recognizing that I need to change. I'm not just sorry and confess it. God, I want to repent of it. I want to change my mind, God. Help me to change my mind about the way that I'm living so that I can please you more. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. Look, you never make changes in your life without making a decision to do it. Change just doesn't happen in your life. You make it happen in your life, right? If you're going to change courses, you've got to turn the wheel. If you're going to change the path you're on, you've got to 
change the, your feet, the direction. If you're going to change jobs, you've got to purposely quit one and start another, right? It's not an emotion. It is a decision. I have to come to God with the decision in my heart and say, God, I am sorry for what I've done. And I am making a decision to change my mind, to change my ways so that I can please you more. It's a decision. You have to be intentional about it. Look, you're never going to accidentally please God. If you're hoping to get through life and just, I hope I please God, you don't live your life hoping that you please God. I'm going to give you something that you need to understand, all right? You can live your life and know that you please God. You don't have to hope that you can stand before him one day and hope that God says, well done. You can know that God's going to say, well done, if you do it his way. If you, if you know his word, right? I don't have to hope. I can know. I don't have to just, man, God, I hope I'm going to please you today. I'm going to do it God's way, and I know that I'm going to be pleasing to God. So I make a decision to please God. I make a decision to put God's word in my life. I make a decision to forgive people that have wronged me. I make a decision, even though it don't feel good, even though I may not want to, I make a decision to do it God's way. Somebody shout God's way. I got to be intentional about it. It doesn't happen by accident. I set my mind to it and I make my feet move. I set my heart to it and I make my mouth move. I have to, I, I'm not going to offer you forgiveness if I haven't settled it in my mind first. If I haven't made the decision in my heart first, I have to be intentional about it. It's a decision. The second thing is repentance is an action. It's not an emotion. It's, it's a decision, and it's an action. The prophets in the Old Testament used the Hebrew word for repentance that, mean, uh, that meant to turn around or to return. So when I mess up, I repent of my ways. I make a conscious, intentional decision to commit an action, which is to turn around and to return to the Lord. It's intentional. I don't, I can, like I said, I don't just blindly walk through life and hope I find Jesus. I intentionally walk toward him. Right. I set my path to walk towards God. I set my path to do it God's way, not my, look, my way goes this way. God's way goes that way. I can't follow both at the same time. I have to intentionally choose one path. So I intentionally choose to take an action to turn from my way and to follow and return to the Lord and go his way. So this action has two parts. I have to turn away from sin in my life, and then I also have to return to the Lord and start a new direction. The decision of repentance and the action of repentance are demonstrated by the fruit that flow from the life of a changed person. I'm going to say something unpopular again. All right. Are you ready for this? When you give your life... To Jesus Christ, your life changes. It changes. What does the Bible say? That the old is gone and the new has come? Right? I'm not the same person anymore. Does that mean that I don't still struggle with old habits? No. Does that mean that I don't deal with sin in my life? No. Does that mean last week that I don't deal with temptation in my life? No. But I am still not the same person. God has done something different in me. I have truly repented, which means, God, I don't like 
the direction that Chris is headed, I am making a conscious decision to turn from this path to follow you on this path. I'm changing my ways. I got to choose to do that. Now, when I am consciously choosing to change my ways, every once in a while that old Chris sleeps, slips in. You ever notice that? Every once in a while, I don't always please God with my decisions and thoughts and processes. Every once in a while, I'll fall back into my old ways. But those are moments in my life. It's not my entire life. My life is pleasing to God, and I have bumps in the road. The bumps in the, ro in the road are not my life, and I hope I please God every once in a while, right? I say, God, I want to please you today. I live for you today. God, you are what I desire today. And every once in a while, God, I'm probably going to mess up probably I'm going to fall short. That's what the Bible says, that we all fall short of the glory of God. But I have to make a conscious decision to change the course of my life. And if, if I am truly repented, right, the course of my life will back up the words of my mouth. If I am truly repented. Now, don't, don't give me this, like you tell your kids, tell them you're sorry. I'm sorry. Right? Don't, don't give me that. Don't, don't give God one of those and expect him to say, okay, I believe you. Right? It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. No, you ain't. Like, you know, you know there are times in your life that you've apologized and you didn't mean it. You know that there are times in your life where you said you were sorry because you thought that it was the right thing to do, but you never actually intended on changing your ways. Am I preaching good now? Right? So if I am truly repented, not truly sorry, you can be sorry. Sorry and repentance are not the same. I can say, God, I'm sorry, but that don't mean I'm repented. If I am truly repented, I say, God, I'm sorry, and I change my ways. Amen? I change my ways. Listen, let me, let me illustrate this in God's word. There's a story in God's word about the prodigal son. I'm going to summarize the story, right? This father and his sons, this one son says, hey, God, I want my inheritance right now. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to do my own life. You just go ahead and give it to me right now. I don't want to wait until you're dead. Give it to me now. Give me what's mine now. So father grants him his wish, gives him his entire inheritance. Guy goes out and lives like a wild man, blows everything that his dad had given him. And then he gets to the point in his life where he reaches the lowest point that he could possibly be. And you got to know that guy felt sorry for himself, right? He felt bad. He felt real bad. But he didn't just stay in that bad place, right? So he, he had the remorse for the mistake that he made. He realized that he made a terrible mistake, but he returned. Somebody just shout return. See, there, there's that Hebrew word. He returned home to his father, which signified repentance. It wasn't just, I'm sorry that I did that. He could have felt sorry and lived in that mess his whole life. But he said, God, I'm sorry for it. He said, Dad, I'm sorry for what I did. And he called up his dad. He said, Dad, hey, man, can I please come home? I really don't like this. I don't, I don't like living with these people. These, these animals. I don't like eating like this. I don't like living. God, Dad, can I please come home? Right? There was, a, there was a moment where he returned to his father with an attitude of repentance in his life. And his father welcomed him home and threw a party because his lost son, his lost son had returned home. God is the same way with us. He is always ready to welcome you back home. All he wants you to do is to make a decision and to follow it up with an action. That's all he wants you to do. 
God is not going to turn you. God is never going to say, no, I don't want you now. It's too late. You never reach a too late moment with God. God's always like this. Whenever you're ready to come home, God says, I've been waiting for this day. Somebody shout amen. He said, I've been waiting for this day for my son to return home. So let me tell you this. I don't care what you've done or how many times you've done it. I don't care what mess you're living in right now. You could be sorry for everything that you've done. But God tells you today, repent. I got my arms open wide. Would you just return home to me? Return home. The third thing that I want to tell you and last is that true repentance breaks ruts. If I'm really sorry and I really want to change, then I take the necessary steps to help me change, which is involving accountability in my life. Accountability helps us to climb out of our old habits. It gives us the extra strength that we need to start a new path in our life. You don't stumble into repentance. You, As I said before, you intentionally step into it. You make a decision and you change direction. See, listen, a repented person confesses their sins and removes their secrets. A repented person faces the pain that they have caused other people instead of hiding from it. A repented person asks for forgiveness from those that they have hurt or harmed. A repented person sets boundaries because they don't want to fall back into the old ruts of their old life. A repented person learns to depend on God. Listen to what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, for God God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you to help you live your life to please him. It's not good people that make it to heaven. It's forgiven people. It is repented people that make it to heaven. You don't get forgiveness without repentance. I can't just say I'm sorry without repenting of my ways and expect God to forgive me. That's not the way forgiveness works. God says, if you're sorry, I want you to prove it to me by changing the way you live. Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, the musicians want to come back and help. Luke 24, 47, it says, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. All who repent. Notice it doesn't say there is forgiveness of sins for all who feel sorry for what they did. Because it's not about how you feel. It's about what you do. It's about me changing my heart. It's about me changing my ways. It's about me repenting and saying, God, I am intentionally changing directions in my life. I prove to God that I am repented because I'm not doing the things that I used to do before I met Christ over and over and over and over again. When I tell God that I'm sorry, but I don't change my life and I don't make decisions to change my life, what I'm telling God is, God, I didn't really... My heart thought I meant it, but I didn't do anything about it. Look, I'm, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. And you can agree with me or not agree with me, but you know that this is true. If someone comes up to you in your life and they tell you you're sorry, but if you recognize they never changed your ways, how are you going to feel? You're going to say, they didn't really mean it. They're still doing the same old stuff, right? 
Why do we think it's any different with God? Why, why, do we, why? Because God has grace? Because God has mercy? Yeah. God has incredible grace. God has incredible mercy. But it's available to those who do it the right way. It's not a fallback plan. It's not a live how you want to plan. It's not a get out of hell free card like Monopoly. It don't work that way. Repentance. It's not a word that we hear a bunch in church today. We hear a lot more about acceptance and grace and mercy. But we don't like to hear about needing to change my ways to please the Lord. But it's necessary. Repentance. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. And it breaks ruts in my life. I want to ask you to bow your head with me this morning. I know this is not a message that makes you real happy, makes you smile on the inside, doesn't make you want to shout. But this is the truth of God's word. And I want you to be who God has created you to be and everything that he has created you to be. And in order to get there, I've got to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. And I repent of my ways. God, I know I don't always do it the right way. God, I know sometimes I fail you. But help me turn from my old ways and start a new path to serving you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. If I'm honest with myself, I've been doing it my way for a long time. I know I'm not doing it God's way. And frankly, I feel sorry for it. But what I'm asking you this morning, are you willing to trade the worldly sorrow for godly sorrow? Trade in the sorrow that leads to death for the sorrow that leads to life. Are you willing today to make that decision? If you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? Today, I need to give my life to Jesus. Would you put your hand up and put it right back down? I see that. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. That's not my intention. I just want to know that I need to pray for you. What an awesome moment for you today. Anybody else really quick? You can put it up, put it right back down. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> what do we say here at Discover Church? That we help people find Jesus and discover life. That's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. And today, this day, the landscape of eternity for somebody is about to change. Somebody shout hallelujah. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray a prayer. And I want to encourage everybody in the room to pray this prayer as a way to encourage somebody beside you. Whether you lifted your hand or not, if you know that you need this, 
The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he has been raised from the dead, that you will be saved. Whether you raised your hand to signify it or not, if you confess it and you believe it, the Bible says he'll save you right now. Not later, not in 10 minutes, not in 10 years, not when you get your life right, not when you make all the changes, right now. Somebody shout right now. So right now, we're going to change eternity through Jesus Christ. I want you to bow your head and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody say, Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. God, I recognize my ways. I see my sin. But I also recognize my need for you. Today, God, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God and that you have been raised from the dead. Save me, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a big shout of praise this morning? What an awesome time for that. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when someone comes home to the Lord. So we rejoice with you today that you have made that decision for Jesus and understand that it is not the ending block, but it's just the starting block. And we want to do our best to help you and encourage you and lock arms with you and help you be all that God has called you to be for the rest of us here this morning, for all of us here this morning. I just want to ask you too, maybe you're here and you say, well, I've already given my life to Jesus. But there are times, even though that you've given your life to Jesus, there are times when you still have to go back to God and repent of things that you've done, things that you've said, things that you've thought. What I don't want you to do, never get to the place where you're comfortably, uh, comfortable uh, harboring in thoughts and emotions and feelings in your, in your heart that you should be asking God to forgive you of, that you should be asking, telling God that, God, I'm repenting. I want to repent of these things. I don't want to harbor them in my heart. So I don't, again, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. But what I want you to do is I want you to take whatever it is that that is or might be in your life and I want you to take it to God and say, God, I am sorry. But today, God, I don't want to just feel sorry for what I've done. I want you to help me to give me the strength to change. Today, God, I want to be better. Today, God, I want to do it your way. I don't want to just be sorry. My emotion doesn't help me, but I make a conscious decision today to do it different, to do it your way. So as the worship team sings and leads us into a moment of worship, would you please just get yourself into the presence of God and allow him to do something in your heart this morning before we close. Go